0: I'm Eddie Michelson. I'm Lucas Anderton. And this is Go Wonk Yourself. Episode 14. Episode 14? I think. (laughs) It's going to be really embarrassing (laughs) if it's
1: not, but I think it's episode 14. So, uh, probably our last episode for a little while.
0: Yeah, we'll try to figure out something for uh, the coming months, but we have some ideas, but, uh, we'll talk about this another day.
1: Um, but yeah, no, this is my last day at AU besides, uh, I'm coming back once next week. What about
0: you, Eddie? Are you wrapping up? So tomorrow are my last exams and that's why this is the perfect time to do a podcast. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's it for me yeah. for the semester.
1: That's fantastic.
0: No, I'm excited to get home, but
1: I'll miss the podcast. So, but, uh, Let's talk about Bill Barr. all right Bill
0: Barr it is uh, after going to a uh, House Judiciary as, Committee, right right with the with the Senate, uh, he got kind of hammered with questions and uh, looked pretty bad.
1: He did um, or no, he went to the Senate Judiciary Committee and um, then he wouldn't go to the house today. Um, so yeah, no, he went to the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee. Um, And he just got torn apart. Um, You know, Republicans spent their entire questioning period basically just, like, character assassinations, but not of Bill Barr, of the Democrats through this whole Mueller process. Um, And the Democrats used their time basically to assess, um, you know, Barr's thinking about the Mueller report. Um, And so the Senate Democrats, uh, Kamala Harris was kind of the standout, what she has, I mean, that's where she gained her notoriety. Oh, absolutely. Were these uh, committees. And then I think everyone started taking after her and thinking if she can be... Well, it famous. became a
0: trend to try to get your clip on Twitter trending. That's so bad. With the headline, like, Kamala Harris owns, like, you know, Bill Barr and series of questioning. And and that, that really has become a, a weird sort of way of campaigning. And that's why I think the Senate right now is so out of control, it's basically just a platform for people who want to be president.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, she asked some really good questions though. I mean, she basically boiled it down to uh, Bill Barr didn't look at all the evidence. He didn't read the entire report. People around him didn't do that. Um, and that's a that's a bad thing because he gave a summary to the American people saying one thing without actually knowing. He came to a conclusion without reading everything. Um, which I think is... is not good um and rod rosenstein left the day we've all been waiting right for right we all knew it was coming but uh it was nuts i mean what what is your thinking on on where we go from here with the Mueller report what happens to bill barr i mean nancy pelosi said that he committed crimes during the committee yes or yesterday and by not
0: showing up um now you might not like this but i think for everyone's best interest, especially the Democrats going into the 2020 election, I think it's time to move on, move forward. And this this more report's a thing of the past. I mean, we, we got substantive enough uh, closure in the fact that Trump's in no serious legal trouble as of yet in terms of uh, colluding with a foreign entity in order to swing the election. That's off the table now. And I think that's what anyone with a brain was truly worried about that he was doing this because that would be a serious crisis on our hands. That would be existential uh, for the country. But I think since that's off the table now, we can move forward and just make it a thing of the past because this is really bogged down his presidency. And I think it's time to move on. Um, You were saying. (laughs) Siri was listening
1: to us. Um, I don't agree with you. Um, I, I was, I mean, I'll say this again. You know, I, I never thought the Mueller report was going to lead to it's released. And then an hour later, Trump being carried out in handcuffs from the white house. Um, what the Mueller report did accomplish is that it laid an evidentiary base for everything Congress does. Um, Mueller had his time. Now Democrats have the house and it's time to, to use that power To provide uh, checks and balances. Um, So you
0: think impeachment should... No.
1: Well, well, uh, not necessarily. We can have hearings. Hearings are not impeachment. Hearings to learn whether or not impeachment is necessary. So you think Democrats should still be seeking out grounds for impeachment? Democrats have a lot of investigatory power by being in the majority right now. Subpoenas can be issued, um, and that's that's presented this whole new type of constitutional law over whether or not the president has to comply with subpoenas from Congress, um, which is wild to me that that's even a question. Um, but, so I think Democrats, I mean, think about all the committees held against Hillary Clinton. They went on and on and on. Think about all these random, not random, but I mean, uh, Republicans were, had committees on, on everything about Obamacare and, and and looking into Obama and all these things. And so it's not... But don't you pay for that politically in the end? Yeah. So are they going to make that same we're mistake? We're still talking about Trey Gowdy. <laughs> it, so are Democrats going to walk right into that? I, I don't think so. Like, I think that people elected a Democratic House that campaigned on subpoenaing records and, and providing oversight and checks and balances. That was a top thing Democrats campaigned on. That and protecting the Affordable Care Act. So now they have a mandate. Now they get to do it. And Is that
0: gonna get them reelected in the end? If that's what they've spent all their time but doing. But they're
1: doing other stuff too. What can they accomplish legislatively right now? Not much. Exactly. So they're not gonna sit there with their hands on their ass, under their ass. Like they're they're gonna do something. And what they see fit right now is to investigate every nook and cranny associated with the president. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, and I think Mueller gave them their plan. Um, Mueller laid out in the report, uh, it's an excerpt that I read, basically saying how, how much of a gray area it was over whether or not a sitting president could even be indicted. And it sounded like basically what he was saying is, it's up to Congress. Um there are folks who make a, a a compelling case for impeachment, but I I this is like the the bad liberal in me. <laughs> um, I don't think impeachment is a winning issue right now. Um, but that's why I think the in, the constant investigations are not a winning issue either. But what if they finally find something that makes impeachment a
0: winning issue? But but that's what the bet has been all along, and they've so far lost that bet. So why why not just cut their banks, losses and move on and come up with an actual platform going into 2020?
1: They're looking into not just Trump collusion 2016. They're looking into Trump's entire past. Um, and that those might not be impeachable offenses. In fact, I don't think they would be. It has to happen. So then why, why do it? Um, because, for one, it, it by saying he committed crimes would help in his unpopularity. Um, which they need to win the presidency. So, yeah, I guess it's a political tool. But, like, let's say I, I have no doubt Nancy Pelosi could whip the votes to impeach him. But then it gets to the Senate. You think we're going to get 60, 60 votes to impeach Donald Trump in the Senate? No. In Mitch McConnell's Republican majority Senate?
0: Okay. Dude, that's a song of ice and fire.
1: <laughs> that. Hmm. He's a scary dude.
0: No, but like Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, their forces. Yeah.
1: It's like the clashing. ice king. And, and exactly. Wow. The dragon queen <laughs> going at it. I'm um, not going to spoil Game of Thrones. <laughs> on, on go wonk yourself. Huge fans of uh, Game of Thrones. So, um, so yeah. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, so anyways. But what I wanted to talk about was, you know, Democrats are going to have a hard time in 2020. Um. A lot of folks, I think, look at 2020 and say Democrats have it, but I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> that's what we said in 2016.
0: You know, I'm not going to name any names, but my uh, professor for the course, the presidency. You're sh- in that. Yeah, I'm in that next semester. Who do you have? I off air. Okay. Off air. Um, because I don't want to reveal their identity okay. because they said something I thought was shocking, and a lot of the a lot of my class thought it was shocking too. This professor said that uh, the chances of Democrats winning the presidency is a hundred percent. Really? Democrat victory a hundred percent. I'm shocked. And the class was outraged mostly because they were like, "Wait, so are you saying that there's no point in even voting?" And the professor said, "There uh, on a on a practical level, as an individual, that's already the case." <laughs> dude you these this class lost their mind
1: Wow, good for him I mean that's wild. do you think that's the case at all?
0: well just in principle, the voting thing about you know you as an individual i I see where that I mean mathematically speaking, that's absolutely the case, but you can't really think that way, right I mean you have to you have to at least. Create a myth for yourself that when you go out and vote, that you're spending your time doing that is for a greater cause, and it's contributing to that. Which in, which it is, but like not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. Wow. 100%. But in terms of in terms of a hundred percent, I absolutely disagree with that. I, I would say, that the percentage of Democrats winning is probably lower than fifty percent. In my in my really. Opinion, yeah.
1: Okay, so then I want to ask you, and I, we don't want to spend every episode talking about the Democratic primary, but I want to ask you... But that is the talk of the town. It is. Right before the show, we were talking about how it's literally the entire 24-hour news cycle. It is. And we're still 270-plus days until Iowa. We're still 500-something days until... Right. Anywho. um, What would change that, in your opinion? Is it someone they can nominate? Is it something that could happen to Trump that would make it... More certain that the Democrats are going to win.
0: Uh, to make it more certain that they're going to win. Yeah, what can we? Uh, do yeah, right? no, it's it's both. I mean, something bad would have to happen on the administration uh, in the administration, and that doesn't have to be something like amongst the actual people. It could just be an economic downturn. Yeah. Um, if something happens with that, uh, some foreign war breaks out. So something, uh, relatively catastrophic, and something that the entire public can feel and blame. Uh, that that's gonna that would cause me to believe that the Democrats would have a much greater chance of winning or if something within the actual uh, like uh, relationships within the administration. Like if if uh, one of your silly investigations comes up with something oh substantive, uh, if Why something like that happens or if, if Trump has a serious public, uh, you know, something bad comes out uh, regarding the president, that would obviously flip flip things in favor of the democrats but as it stands right now i think their chances are are a lot or not a lot less than 50 but but less than 50 percent.
1: well so the other side of my question is 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 there a candidate i mean you were talking Mm -hmm. about a poll before we started the show about a particular candidate um you know are there some that stand out in the crowd to you
0: well to me it, it will depend i mean right now the polling is you know it's not really representative of everyone who's aware of the campaigns and you know what I mean? Cause you're, you're the people who are responding to polls now and have an idea of like who they want, either they're doing it based on name recognition or because they follow politics really closely. So I, I mean, right. Like, yeah. uh, so it, it, in order for me to say there's this candidate is going to win the Democrats, the presidency, uh, we'll have to see how these candidates actually, Uh, interact with and how they get a response from the public after that's after the campaigning stage of the campaign is over we were talking earlier right now we're in like the fundraising stage Mm like the candidates are trying to get a a good pool of money to work with and then they'll start media right it's only fundraising and then they'll jump into their you know nationwide media campaign yeah and after that then we'll be able to more accurately see how the public is actually responding to these candidates because what what we're seeing now is on twitter and the media like the cable news like th- that's what's getting people's attention and even most people don't pay attention to that yeah either
1: that's such a small pool of people on exactly
0: twitter. so we don't really know yet wow um
1: so uh, joe is uh yes running yes he is i think that's a new occurrence since our last episode I believe so. It was our last. We talked episode earlier about the night before he announced, right?
0: And we we did talk. I I believe on the first uh, episode when we came back was about Joe Biden and his sort of media and the the media coverage he was getting negative media coverage, I should say, about his uh, sort of creepy behavior around uh, a bunch of people.
1: Yeah. Um. No, I I agree. Uh. Sorry, Raj just walked in. Um. Well, so he, he had his first rally, um, and Oof. how did that go? Oof.
0: Uh, not well. Uh, he was obviously reading from a teleprompter, and he also wasn't very good at it. I mean, he might be just rusty or yeah. old, but he, he just was stumbling over words. He was unclear in his speech. Uh, he just really seemed like he hadn't read what he was saying before.
1: Yeah. Let's listen to that real quick. I think we have to rethink how we define what constitutes a a successful economy.
0: They see workers as just a means to an end, not the end in in in, in themselves. The same is happening in big hospital hospital systems for the the United Food and Commercial Workers in Boston. Medical research to conquer conquer devastating diseases like cancer, the UAW took
1: incredible Cuts in their future. The country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and, HUD, and hedge fund
0: men. What an incredible video. <laughs> Poor guy. Like,
1: <laughs> I don't. Okay, the one thing that I can think of is that nobody
0: in the crowd probably noticed
1: because it was probably a 30 minute speech. And to have what?
0: That's right. That was all chopped and sliced. But at the same time, it does reveal something interesting about how easy it is to differentiate the candidates who use a teleprompter and those who can't. And I think one of the things that made Trump so popular in the primaries and beyond was his, uh, lack of a teleprompter at many of his rallies. I think that made him connect more to the, and feed off of the energy of the people who were there.
1: Well, see, like, whereas with like a major presidential campaign, generally, you know, the stump speech is the same at almost every event, but tailored to the venue. Uh, And then it's tailored to one more thing. Latest polling, Mm -hmm. latest talking points. And, you know, if if something doesn't poll well, they fix it. Right. Did any of that happen on the Trump campaign? Did they even talk about what he was going to talk about before he went out there? He
0: picked three issues, and he just hammered those the entire time. That's it? Immigration, trade, and what was the third one? Hillary Clinton, yeah, something like that. Probably jobs. Yeah, like, like jobs. Like China,
1: China. He said China a lot on the campaign trail.
0: Yeah,
1: um, that's wild. Like, I I just don't get it. Like, how did he do it
0: without that stuff? You know. Well, he the three issues that he picked turned out to be the issues of the campaign. And he directed I mean, I, I believe that two thousand sixteen was basically an economics driven election. Yeah, yeah. And I think the next coming elections are gonna be just as much, so if not more. Yeah. And so the fact that Trump was able to attribute those economic things, not I'm not saying correctly, but he he put a a tangible thing out there that's responsible for the economic troubles that are here and coming yeah and so he was able to do that in a way that no other candidate was able to do and i think that's what ended up carrying his election through but uh, i mean is the expectation
1: now going to be no teleprompter out on the trail because heck even obama used it sometimes i i don't think he used it he used it a lot in 2012 i think i think 2008 he
0: used it less um well i think the teleprompter is here to stay for formal events I mean, if you're if you're given a formal presidential speech, I think the teleprompter is here to stay for sure. But as in terms of campaigning, I think it's falling out of fashion, uh, because it, it it's becoming so. I mean, I don't even know if "becoming" is the word, but it's there's becoming a stark difference between the candidates who don't use one and the candidates who do, because the candidates who don't appear to be more competent, to connect more with the. I mean, as long as they're being coherent in their speech, obviously. Yeah. But. Those the candidates who have the charisma and the ability to connect with an audience on a deeper level, I think are ultimately going to translate into genuine support.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm trying to even think of who uses them. I mean, I know Joe used one at this event. Um, I mean, maybe it was because it was his first. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but like normally on the trail, maybe he won't use it um But I agree with you. That's kind of scary, though. I mean, that's tough to talk like that off the cuff. Yeah, I'm, it's not off the cuff. You know, you rehearse that stump speech exactly. over, and over and over again. But still,
0: I mean, that. But I think it, what it comes down to is the appearance of authenticity. Really, if you're reading off of a teleprompter, that's that speech may not even more likely than not hasn't even been written by you, uh, and then you're just reading it off. I mean, it might have been written by you, but with help. Yeah. Uh, and then you're just reading it off like a script, and you it's like giving a presentation in front of a class yeah. versus having a discussion with people who uh, you care about.
1: Like, we expect kids in public speaking c- classes in college to be better speakers than we at some point <laughs> expect the presidents right, right. to be, because they get to read off a teleprompter. <laughs> I have to read off a flashcard. Yeah. Um, not actually, but... Um, <laughs> I I think that authenticity part is becoming important. Um, Part of that, I think, is social media. It exposes us so much more to these candidates. We don't just get what the 6 o'clock news shows us. We get all this tailored content that is just like very behind the scenes, very get to know me. Here's a selfie of me reading with my dog. Or a live stream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The live streams are just
0: weird. I mean,
1: that was Beto's thing. Um, I, I don't even know if he's doing them now. Besides during the speeches. AOC does them too. She does, and she does weird ones. Yeah, she's like potting her plants.
0: Yeah, I think it, Elhan Omar has done them too. I think I've seen that. Uh, yeah.
1: You don't think Joe has the authenticity though? I think yeah. Joe's problem is he's gonna look too perfect, like too canned, because mm-hmm. um, he has you know he has the best team. He's been in politics for so long. He's gonna go. By running a perfect 2004 presidential exactly. campaign.
0: Exactly, I think that's exactly right, and I think he might be a little behind on the times, uh, especially since when you see a lot of these new candidates, what they're making great use out of is social media. Yeah, and you can see Joe's like sticking his toes in that water, but not not going as far as you need to at this point in time because social media is like, I mean, you know, it's a great way to get your campaign started. Yeah. We've seen candidates uh, obviously win campaigns uh, because they ran a fantastic social media platform. Uh, AOC play. was one of exactly. them. Exactly. And so that's so important now And for Joe to be uh, sort of considering it just another one of those tools in the toolbox rather than what it really is and what it is is a great free platform. Yeah. Um, I think that's a mistake, and I think that might cost him in the Yeah. End.
1: I, I don't necessarily expect the candidates to necessarily be the ones tweeting. Mm-hmm. There are a few who do, even presidential. Um, I mean, Trump tweets. You can tell when it is his staff logging on there yeah. though. Um, proper grammar. <laughs> uh, but so I don't like. I'm not asking for Joe to like be on Twitter tweeting. No, of course. Um, but I'm asking for it to not just be used for these canned responses. You know, engage with people. Uh, use it like another human would. You know, use it as a way to just show us what is Joe thinking in Twitter.
0: You know what I'm finding really interesting? That uh, is maybe we can talk about this on on another time or if you want to talk about it now is uh, the the sort of Twitter beef that goes on between these verified politician accounts where they'll like quote tweet like someone from the other side and try to get that to like go viral. You know what I mean? Uh, That's an interesting phenomenon. It's a whole new medium. Yeah. Uh...
1: And and it, it is the thing, and like when you get called out, you have to come up with some fire. Exactly. And if you don't have that fire, I just imagine I just
0: imagine everyone in the in the uh, media room. team getting a getting a call and being like, "It's an emergency. We have something to Everyone has to. to sit
1: down in the conference room and they like have a, they have a Google Doc open, like <laughs> rewriting the tweet over and over again, finding the perfect meme to go yes. along with it. Wow, how depressing. Oh man, that's sad. It's it's really embarrassing seeing the ones like, um, seeing the ones who are just bad at it. Oh, like, yeah. Like, That's painful. Like, they're probably the ones who don't even have a personal Facebook account. Yeah. And so they just don't get it. They're yeah. like, what is this? And their staff doesn't get it because their staff is probably all, you know, seasoned old people's <laughs> staff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, anywho. What do you want to talk about?
0: Well, you want you said you wanted to talk about Amazon. So, do you want to go into that?
1: Yeah, I do want to talk about Amazon. Um, Amazon is in the news a lot. We talk about it a lot. Um, you know, it wasn't long ago, maybe a couple of days, maybe even a couple of weeks ago now, that they came out and said that there are certain parts of your Alexa that that is listening, even if it's for small periods of time and being scanned just by employees. Like, it's not like they're like. Basically, they admitted that employees were scanning small sections of what you're saying Mm. um to learn from it i'm i'm not shocked um but it just it begs this whole new question of of amazon's involvement in our lives because it's so multifaceted you know at least with apple it's our phone and our ipad
0: oh the thing you carry around all day no
1: i know but amazon it's every other part of our life now you know when
0: you go to so between groups, both of them, we're completely
1: <laughs> I, surveilled. We are and we are totally sold out to those two companies.
0: So I have a question for you. Uh, upon hearing this news, do you still use your Alexa yes. and do you still have it in your room and everything? I
1: still I have one in my room, um, one in the kitchen, and then all of our Sonos systems in the house have it built in. So yes, um, but I I didn't think they you know I had no proof they were listening, but I didn't think they weren't when i bought it but it was <laughs> you're just, just completely like, okay with it i think it. i've already i think a lot of people in our generation are like this we yeah we're complicit with the well with we the act all horrified thing.
0: about it while talking about it and then we give our privacy out all the time yeah i mean we're i mean we don't care i i, I see a few people who have like the tape over their uh their webcams but i'm looking at them like you think they're not spying on you in like 10 different ways anyway? Like They're still recording like, what you're a, saying. A piece of a piece of tape is not going to stop this huge gated dather whoa, data gathering <laughs> uh machine. <laughs> gated dathering. Um you can Name tell- of the episode? I like it.
1: I like it. You can tell a lot about a person by whether or not they have tape over their camera. Yes. I I don't on any of my devices.
0: Well they mm they could either be very far left or, like, really ultra-libertarian. They're the
1: conspiracy theory people.
0: That's true. Um, but, but, I mean, I don't know. I see a lot of, like, just average people who just have true. tape over their webcam for whatever reason. Makes you think, what if those people are, like, freaks or something? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing <laughs> That's <laughs> that warrants that kind of thought? <laughs>
1: uh, um, But, I mean, so I wanted to talk about, like, some of the stuff, I mean... And, and here's kind of a little list that uh, Axios put out. But, you know, Kindle, Audible. Um, where's the rest of them? Uh, Prime, Twitch, Ring. Those are the doorbells on everyone's mm-hmm. house now. Uh, Twitch is the streaming site that right. everyone who plays Fortnite gives permission to, like, look at their computer. Um, and something with the Neighbors app. Whole Foods. When I go to Whole Foods, I pull out my Amazon app and scan now. Like, it... it amazon web servers we talked about that one i think on another episode like when amazon web servers went down like two summers ago like it's like 60 percent of the internet was just gone for the day we should
0: mention too that uh amazon like it's not it's not just partnered with whole foods it owns whole foods now so and they're gonna be automating those that's what they're going for i think is to automate those stores completely you walk in you get your items and then on your way out you scan and then you're just able to leave
1: do you think that'd be a bad thing I, I think well bad for the people are who stupid. are currently
0: currently employed um, in those places. Yeah, I but agree. for the convenience of the shopper, uh, it 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 could work. I don't see why it couldn't. I think shopping is just one of the
1: most inefficient things that we do. We all walk around the grocery store lost, filling our cart with stuff.
0: Right. I don't know. It's just. I mean, I mean, you get a list of things you need, and then you. go...
1: Yeah, but like, it just seems like a. Like... It's not like wandering. Like endlessly. it is wandering around. Have you ever? You've obviously never seen my dad wander around the grocery <laughs> store. Doesn't matter that he has a list. Um, now we, now my family has uses a grocery list app too. Oh really? A shared grocery oh, list. Oh, that's app. fantastic. Um, but no, it's just really scary. Um. Because they are in every part of your life now. Yes. Them, Google, Amazon, Facebook. Uh, and I don't want to get into that same conversation we had just a couple of episodes ago. I really want to talk about Amazon. But where do you see it going from here? We are not at a point where our government, where either party, is in a monopoly-busting mood. They're just not. They're all talking about Facebook,
0: but nobody is saying break Facebook up. They're saying regulate it. Well, there's also the fact that I don't think Amazon's really a monopoly. At least not yet. That's true. So we're not at that point yet, but I know I totally agree with you. There's a lot of key issues that need to be addressed here. One of which is data collection and privacy. Uh, is I mean, we all click I agree to this, and that's been you know the legal basis for them able to collect all this data because we all agreed to it. Yeah. Uh, is that is that going to change? Because it seems like a lot of people who agreed to it didn't actually agree to it. They clicked the agreement because it's conventional to be like, oh, LOL, scroll all the way down, agree. Yeah. Uh, What what do you think of that? We've all made the joke about terms and conditions our
1: entire lives, like how nobody reads them. Yeah. And then the first time that that joke stopped being funny, (laughs) I thought it was funnier at this point, but the first time it stopped being funny to a lot of people was the Cambridge Analytica Mm -hmm. um, with the Trump campaign. Uh, the data harvesting, um, because Cambridge Analytica is far from the only company doing that. Right. And we've all consented to it for years, not just on Facebook, on everything online we have ever signed up for. Yeah. You have agreed to that sort of data being shared, not without your consent, but like, it's not like they were getting your approval before. Well, you're them.
0: you're basically saying in a lot of cases that they own that data, like it was never yours to begin with. Like Facebook, if you post a picture on Facebook, it's Facebook's picture. Yeah. At least it was. I don't know if that's changed I think, since.
1: I think it just becomes general domain or public domain.
0: I think Facebook has said they own it. Really? They own the content. I would, I would double check on that, but that's what I've heard. I at least it was like that. All I don't know if that's changed. All those pawns
1: who put their copyright logos <laughs> on their pictures on Facebook. Oh, I don't
0: know. I I think there's a di- I think there's a distinction between copyrighted material and. I don't know, like someone's, some legal scholar has to...
1: Wow. Um, but it, it it just really scares me. Um...
0: But the data is certainly theirs that they collect from their website. I mean, you can't go back and reclaim it.
1: No, and that, that poses the, the question of the right to be forgotten I think, mm-hmm. which isn't something I know enough about to even yeah. have a substantive conversation no, no, with you. But, uh, it's way bigger in Europe. I think the privacy fight is a lot more of a heated issue in Europe. Um... You know, the EU, that's one of their few really strong, not few, but one of the really strong jurisdictional powers they've realized is the ability to regulate corporations Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And and they are hitting Google and Facebook with these trillion dollar fees left and right. (laughs) Um, Not really, but, um, and, like, the United States just doesn't seem to be taking it seriously. We all, like, the, the news talks about it every night. Yeah. Since the Cambridge Analytica stuff. But, like, is anybody out riding in the streets because Facebook is collecting your data? No. Did anybody I think we're all complicit
0: off? in it, like you said. And also the conveniences that these technologies offer for us far outweigh our concerns about privacy, obviously. Even if you don't say you believe that, you are demonstrating that you believe it by continuing to use these products and services. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I use them every day. But as long as you're doing that, you're... Uh, implicitly consenting to being monitored as well.
1: That's wild. Um, Where do you see it going? I mean, data is only growing. We have, you know, every second, we have never seen nearly the amount of data that we have now, even, you know, five minutes ago. It's just growing so fast. There's so much more data every single second because every aspect of our life is plugged into the
0: internet now. Um, And... You know where where do you see that going? Well, there's two ways it could go. There could be a a sort of reactionary movement for pi- uh, privacy in which people try to reclaim their it's, autonomy it's from. Now. I I think we're past that already. Uh, the next step is that the entire way we conceive privacy is going to dissolve eventually. Yeah. Once we become so connected that, you know all of our data, everything about us is on a server. Uh, privacy won't have any real use in society.
1: The, the issue that I see ahead is that a lot of big changes in society are like, click, it's different. Gay marriage, for example. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we brush it off, the, the public uh, split on it, and we say it's a generational thing. A generation from now, it won't be fifty four fifty against. It'll be right. ninety four ninety against. Um, but the problem with privacy, it can't be looked at that way, because the invasion of privacy is growing stronger and stronger. They want more and more information about you. So it's not like suddenly your data is being collected. Like it's it's this right. constant no, t- it's battle of tug of war. And right now we're not even pulling. They're just pulling however far they want. They're just
0: taking more and more incrementally.
1: And where do we finally like stop that?
0: Well, like I said, I think eventually it's going to reach a point where we just don't value privacy the way we did before because it just won't, you know, like who cares? I mean, if everyone's, if if all of everyone's information is out there, then any one person's individual information doesn't really matter that it's out there. Because I mean, if everyone's an open book, then like, you know, there's no point in in privacy in general. Which I, mean, I that
1: sounds apocalyptic to me.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we live in apocalyptic times, my friend. We do. I, uh, but uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm obviously talking in a in a futuristic sense. I mean, this is down the line. Maybe not as down the line as we'd like to think. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I would say. I would say within our lifetime. What do you think? Um, we talk about this a lot. It's it's logarithmic
1: or exponential. I mean, not logarithmic. I just turned off my school hat. So, uh, it's it's exponential. The amount of data they had uh, a year ago, or like the amount of data, like they have twice as much as they had a year ago, which was twice as much as they had ten years ago. Well, it used to
0: be. It used to be measured in like terabytes bytes. yeah yeah well bytes but yeah. but then like terabytes uh not too long ago and now it's measured in like these servers are measured in, yeah zettabytes which
1: i think is like the biggest <laughs> um yeah that's that's really scary um but uh, see I, I see it only getting worse um i i i uh, kind of like you uh, not uh, as far as like the apocalyptic version but like Data that isn't readily available about me will be read avail- readily available. Well, that's available all I
0: mean. I, I'm not. Uh, I I don't look at it in, in an apocalyptic way. Like I don't no. think it'll be the end of societies. The know way you it. described it sounded. Apocalyptic I just think to me. the way. Well, that's because we value privacy. Yeah. But there could conceivably be a time in which we won't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, Eddie. This has been a fantastic episode and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna miss you bud. yeah this is so sad um but
1: we are gonna try and find a way to keep content coming out there somehow uh but we will be in an apartment
0: yes and we're gonna have a special dedicated studio a
1: corner of our room
0: <laughs> dedicated exclusively to go wonk yourself so stay tuned for that there's gonna be some fantastic content coming out uh more consecutive yeah. episodes um It's going to be a fun time.
1: And keep up with the Twitter this summer. Oh, my goodness.
0: And can you even imagine where we'll be at the end of this summer?
1: No. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, Eddie, go wonk yourself. Go
0: wonk yourself.